Everybody doesn't even like to smile. Whack. Me, I'm tight. Let me see. So, I guess Wednesday, you know, you know what that means. It's time for AEW Dynamite, or it's time for WWE to release some people. And oh, buddy, did they do it this week. Like, it was a doozy. So I don't have the list of names in front of me, but off the top of my head, it was Santana Garrett who never got used, even though she probably should have. Um, it was Ruby Riot. I know that that one hurt you deeply. It did. Jaded. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you hurt him. Yes, you're jaded. <laughs> exactly. That's the first name. I said, oh, no. Then I saw Braun Strowman get released. In. Yep, Braun Strowman was another one, which, yeah. Uh, Alistair Black. Buddy Murphy, which I'm actually kind of happy about that one because they clearly didn't know what to do with him. So, hey, man, yeah. go kill it on the indie scene. Oh, I said he should um, go to New Japan. We'll talk about that. But, yeah, I think that's the list of names released. Supposedly someone said more people are going to get released, but I doubt that. Hey, um, no, no, no. You can't say that, bro, because I think it will happen. I know that man Ricochet is definitely like, please. Yeah, he over there sounding like Dolph Ziggler. It should have been me. Oh, no, he got his fingers crossed right now that he get released. Yeah. He, hey, man, if you want to get released, Selena Vega showed y'all how to do it. Starting OnlyFans. You trying to see him be butt naked doing backflips? You don't have to watch him do it. Well, what, all right, let's say this, too. I know women's be on there bucket naked and some men be on there from what I heard uh, being bucket naked. But listen, OnlyFans people ain't just, it just ain't for that. Uh, Zelina Vega has one where she's dressing up like Tomb Raider, I think. Yeah, she does the cosplay stuff. Yeah, which ain't my thing, but you know, it's a market for everything in life. You know, yeah. it's fans it's for everything. You got to get the dope out. So well, it's just- like, She's just getting her modeling career off. I ain't mad at it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's not, not you know, singing Aaliyah songs. Get your bag. And apparently yeah. she said she's been making more. That's why she ain't, you know, everybody's like, what company she going to go to? Bruh, it's just like the rap game. I got money outside the rap game. Why would I put out an album? I don't get no money from this album. It's the same thing with the wrestle game. Like, she like, why would I want to rush to get back into wrestling when I'm making six figures off this? True. And I'm not showing nobody like no, you know, flesh, flesh. Like I ain't showing the natural stuff. I'm just showing a little bit in these outfits and I'm playing video games and thirsty dudes signing up. I'm not in a rush to get back into wrestling for what? Who is that? And I mean, that's her business. She want to show her body. Let her show her body. The thing we was talking about, I was bringing forth is do something outside of WWE where they don't have control over it and they will immediately fire you once you refuse to relinquish control. Because you don't want to start OnlyFans? All right, go start a podcast outside of them. Do a Twitch stream. Do something. Mm -hmm. You know, because I think 
Xavier Woods, the only person with up, up, down, down that really can do this outside. And even then, I think he's that one's more incorporated with WWE. Yeah, now it is. Yeah. They said, oh, you have they probably just found out last year, to be honest, just because, you know, even though they didn't stop, they was like they could. I think last year gave them a chance to really minimize and look at everything that's going on with their talent. And I'd be like, man, we don't know what the fuck they're doing. That's how probably a lot of dudes got caught. A lot of these nasty motherfuckers get caught. Uh, that's somebody else need to go. There's two names that need to go. Uh, what's the boy name? That's in them two. The two boys in NXT. Jordan Devlin. Jordan Devlin and what's the oh, other one? Austin Theory? Yeah, both of them. Well, Austin, they said some of. Uh, I don't know what happened with that. They, they apparently. The girl was of age or whatever the case. We don't need to get into it here. But Jordan Devlin, that nigga did that shit, Your Honor. Yeah. I don't don't know what to tell you there. But still, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, But no, just, yeah. For those who got released, I mean, I with hope, I think they'll be fine. Like, all of them are pretty good in the ring. They'll be good. Yeah. They range from I'm sorry. Lana, that's the one I forgot. So if you want me to go, Braun Strowman, Aleister Black, Lana Murphy, uh, Ruby Ryan, Santana Garrett. Uh what I was about to say is about Lana. Out of everybody here, she got the best option right now. She wanted to. She ain't even well, got a wrestle. Well, yeah, she's uh like I know most people think like, yeah. Go to AEW because your husband is there. And to admittedly, her best work was when she was uh, with her husband, Miro. Um, but you know she's talented outside of that. We'll see what she does. I don't think there's a rush for her either. It's but not, it's not a rush. I think in life you make your circumstances happen based on where you at, you know, especially in the worst moments. I'm not a, I'm not one of these motivation speakers, but I'm just telling people based on experience. So with these people that got released, they're some of the best we've seen in WWE in years. They have beyond options, not just in wrestling, but outside like a Braun Strowman. I don't know what he can do because he just lift weights. I mean, if he want to get back into powerlifting, that ain't really no money, but you can do that. And I'm I don't know how much his body could take after all these injuries. That's really out of all these names, that's actually the most surprising. I don't know if we did that because we was talking about for a while, like bro, y'all keep just bringing Braun Strowman onto well, our screen. This is where I I get interested because my first thought was that's interesting, like. I don't think they 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 soured on Braun Strowman that fast. Like I've never seen WWE sour on someone that fast, particularly someone that big. They always figure out a way to make it work. So long as they go, Great Khali could barely walk, and they was putting him over. <laughs> so I was like, you know, Braun Strowman, you know, he did a suicide through the ropes. I, I think they like him, but then it started coming out, and everyone was like, hmm. And I was like, all right, maybe they're selling. Because why else would you let the dude who helped, uh, who was one of your, in your title picture, 
your title picture at your last pay-per-view event, all of a sudden go. Why would you bring out Aleister Black to like look like he's gonna have his feud with Big E just to let him go? You need women's tag teams. Supposedly you were checking for women's tag teams. And all of a sudden, yeah. No. You don't uh what's the word? You're gonna let go of Ruby Riot, which now after the loss between Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, the effect the effective tag team on the main women's roster is the champions in Natalia and Tamina and Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. Those are the only two official teams on the main roster. Uh-huh. So it might be time to punt on those belts. Like I, I know Tamina got it. And look, man, you might just want to take them, put them in NXT, and let them do the tag team thing over there. They'll be amazing at it. But at this point, yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. But, yeah, they'll all be fine. I don't think everyone should – everyone's just the media saying, like, oh, yeah, this person's going to AEW, this person's going to AEW. That's That's not the case. Like, I think we think the most logical one is Lana because Miro is there. But I don't know. And the reason I don't know is because I watched AEW Dynamite. I mean, uh, not Dynamite, Double or Nothing. Uh-huh. And let's talk about it. Right. Let's talk about it. So this was their first show back with fans. They had a sold-out crowd. People was hot for it. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. Outside of what? That's a top three event so far this year. Like, only two things I could say that's, that's on par with it is night one of WrestleMania and night one of NXT Stand and Deliver. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it was a very good year. It was a very good event. And it's not too many things that I will really put ahead of that. So the first thing to start with is the pre-show match with Serena D versus Riho. They came out, crowd was hot. And they put on a great match. They, I think that was a perfect peak. Two vets who know how to put on a good match. And they put on a match to get the crowd hype and get them ready. And that's exactly what they did because I have, it's been a long time since I've seen people into a pre-show match. And they were here for it with that one. Mm-hmm. Then we go to the first match of the night, which was Hangman Page versus Brian Cage. And, yo, the pop Hangman Page got was insane. Yo, the only thing I saw about that, I actually I forgot I actually want that's one of the few matches I want to see. Uh was Hangman Page not selling any of Brian Cage's moves? Is what no, I thought he was. Man? Yeah, because it was like the power bomb, like a double power bomb or something. He did a couple spots and then he was he was not selling it, or am I mistaken? That's what somebody said on the feed, but maybe I'm mistaken. Well, so there's a tricky way of thinking about that. 
you can think of that as like not selling, or you could think of that in the way that their philosophy, a lot of it leans heavily on indie and new Japan wrestling. Uh-huh. So the idea of selling is there, but it's more about the moves. And to be fair, they told a good in-ring story match, which was, hey, can you beat me? Do you have enough without Team Taz? And that was essentially what it was. So everything, Brian Cage, who, like, how many different ways can that man wrestle? Right. Like, he's really good. But, um, yeah, that was essentially the story that they were telling in the match. So someone may have looked at it as not selling, but if that's the case, it's probably not knowing that that was the story they were trying to tell and set up for the match. Mm-hmm. So I can't say he was not selling. It was just part of the story. But the match was good. Hangman page one, which was the right person to win. And Brian Cage looks like he's about to turn face and he's going to get rid of, get away from Team Taz. And hopefully he goes on a big run. And we get to see him versus Miro for the TNT title or something. Is, is he going to throw away that goddamn Chuck E. Cheese Budweiser belt? He did it yesterday. He did it on Sunday. Oh, well, I'm about to start tapping in. Yeah. And, and you already know I'm a Brian Cage fan, but I'm about to start tapping in. He got rid of that fake-ass belt. Yeah, man. That FTW belt. Bro, if you don't get out here with that Papa Roach sounding belt, that sounds like one of their songs. Hey man, it might be. Um, nah. So then, what was the match after that? What was the card? I'm trying to remember. You oh, you want to bring it, it up? Tag team. It was a tag team title match. The Bucks versus Kingston and Moxley. Mm-hmm. And Kingston got a huge pop. Like people was really happy to see him. Um, I wonder how happy they would have been if he would have came out in his Black Lives Matter shirt. That's always something I think about. Which it is might still have been. in his the slogan is still is well it's a true slogan it's more than a slogan it's an actual meaning behind that that's not just a slogan for advertisement but it's still no. in his profile if I'm not mistaken on social media accounts yeah so he ain't let off the gas with that no no he that's that's who he really is is Eddie Kingston black no okay. he's just from New York so he's probably Puerto Rican. That he might be Albanian or you know Greek. <laughs> he out here with Action Bronson. Yeah, that might be his cousin. Let's see. Kick if you see him on Big Bodies Live, you know what it is. Um. Now, if you see him on Big Bodies Live, he might be Puerto Rican. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I think but, well, he's um, from Yonkers, so we about to find out in a minute. Yeah, the Bucks came out. They weren't wearing uh, the fake Dior's. They were wearing the fake off-white uh, Jordan ones. All right, they got to stop. I'm sorry, Which, to catch you they got to stop. Oh no, I was just gonna say, you know, I guess Morrison took some inspiration because he wore them on Monday Night Raw too. I it, it was it became all right. We really got scam for the Jays, these fake Dior Jays, and then from there they probably was like, we should just keep doing this. You really should. You really should stop doing this, bro. Y'all getting y'all shit off eBay or wherever you get fake J's from Canal Street. Y'all go to New York and get them. But it 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 was it was horrible at first, and you just made it diabolical now. 
You just made it worse, bro. Stop. It's not funny. It's it's not funny anymore. Try different jokes. You got to stop. Yeah. But they really from Riverside. That showed everything. But continue. Well, that's just their gimmick to just be who they are. And I mean, it pisses people off and they heal. So that's what they're going to do. It don't even piss me off. It's just like, bro, y'all got bread. I mean, I ain't counting your pockets. I'm pretty sure y'all got kids. And, bro, all right, let's just say this. All right, we from Cali. We know Riverside. You get you a spot about 700K. If you got a mortgage, you they'll work with you. Y'all straight. Y'all get a mortgage. Y'all get some co-signers. Ask Cody for a co-sign if y'all need one, if y'all ain't got credit. But y'all been wrestling long enough to have some type of, you know, money to pay for a mortgage for a nice house in Riverside. It ain't that expensive. No, they got they got it. I'm just saying, I mean, I don't know what would be more annoying. If they wrestled in fake Jordans or if they wrestled in real ones. I'd be more annoyed if you wrestled in real ones. Like who did who was doing that? Yeah. So shout out to them for going to the hustle man. No, that's a just get some fucking boots or some feelers like y'all used to do. Not feelers, but get some wrestling boots. Like, bro, you can't. You know, it's hard enough to be in Jordans. You got to trust every step that you take, let yeah. alone put some in their mat. Like, come on, bro. Like, but I forget, you know, white people don't really have respect for shoes like that. They just be like, they, they think wearing ugly chucks is like, you know, something that, you know, is cool. It's hipster. It's great. Like, no, bro. Can't wear no beat up ass shucks. Well, this is where I, I always I, I have to give it to uh homegirl on Twitter. Uh was it Queen K? Yes, sir. Dude's just like, y'all just gotta admit that the Bucks and Kenny Omega are annoying. I don't think they bad wrestlers. Y'all just think they're annoying, which is fine. Can't defend that. And they yeah. uh yeah, that's like that's literally what I'd be saying about. Kenny Omega, like, I ain't a fan of his as far as, like, his in-ring is cool to me. You know what I mean? But it's just not like I'm not going to sit up here and say he's trash, but the reason why I be bashing him on Twitter because he's fucking annoying, bro. Yeah. And if that's the case, hey, man, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I don't, I can't defend them in that place. I can't I can't def- uh, speak against you in that place because, I mean, hey, they annoy me at times as well. Yeah. And, you know, when we get to that part in August where he, he's about to have potential match of the year with Andrade, then it's like, damn, bro, I really want to be a fan of you, but you're just corny because I think that's about to be match of the year. Yeah. It has a very, very good shot. And uh, we'll talk about more about Omega in a minute. But, uh, no, the tag team match, it went on a little too long, but it was really good. Like, that – that's something I think we don't acknowledge Moxley on. Like, if you don't like his single, his singles work, I understand. But him in a tag team, he is great because yeah. you get just enough of him and then it's gone. You get enough and then it's gone. You get a little flavor in there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it moves. It moves really, 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 really well. Um, yeah, that was the third or fourth longest match of the night. But not bad. I also have to give it to AEW. 
they kept a lot of these matches under 20 minutes. Um, so why no, did it yeah. seem like the pay-per-view was going on forever? I was like, God damn. Well, they had bro. 10 matches. Yeah, because I wasn't watching, but I was clocking it. I'm like, yo, this shit still on? Yeah. No, they had 10 matches. Um, then we had the Casino Battle Royal. Uh, and once again, we had another, we had two big pops in this one. So the first one was for Jungle Boy, who was the winner of it all. And then the other one was for the Joker, the surprise entrance, which was Leo Rush. And I was, and I never thought about it, but I was like, yo, given the, the body type of most of the workers in AEW, Leo Rush would fit in really well here. Like, so it'd be nice to see him going forward, do a few spots and do a few things and then keep moving on and going to other places the way he has. Because there's a few names in AEW that's just off the top of my head. It's like, yo, him versus Leo Rush would be good. Like Leo versus Phoenix. Turn it up. Leo versus Darby Allen. We get Leo versus Ricky Starks. All matches I'm really, really interested to see. But um, no, we got, you know, they had Matt Hardy in there, which I've, I've told AEW plenty of times, keep Matt Hardy off of your pay-per-views. We don't ever need to see that. No one should ever have to pay to watch Matt Hardy wrestle again. Just Bro. put it on TV for free. Hey, man. I've been saying this for two years, so I guess I won't say it again, but you know where I'm. Yeah. Jeff ain't been on TV. Matt, yeah. you go do the same. And I know, you know, God bless. They they lost their father. So, you know, maybe that's why Jeff hasn't been on screen. Reevaluating life. But, yeah, it's it's life outside of wrestling. Yo, they about yeah. to be 50. Am I mistaken? They no, like 45. They, yeah, they're close. They are close. Which makes it even more amazing that they told Mickey James she was too old, but kept. But both of them are still in prominent. Well, Jeff, not as much, but they're still being used. Uh, but no, the big swerve was it got down to Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy, and I think at this point everyone had had it in their mind that you know they've been setting up Christian versus Kenny Omega that they would do that, and it was a nice surprise that hey, you know, because what's the one thing we always said about TNA? TNA had all this great young talent, but they kept betting on the old WWE talent. They already kept betting on old wrestlers from other promotions. So it's a thing you'll see through the night for the most part. You know, you saw it in the first match. They could have went with the TNA guy and Brian Cage. They went with Adam. They could have went with Moxley, former WWE guy. They went with the Bucks. Here, they could have went with Christian Cage, who... I know who you love is one of the best workers of your of a generation. Mm-hmm. They went with Jungle Boy. They went with the future. And it was a nice moment. The crowd popped massively. And it was all good. And then the worst match of the night happened. Because it was the supposed golden child, Cody Rhodes. Oh, Lord. Versus Anthony Agogo. And everyone was really hyped. Like, I, I was interested in this match. I never thought for a moment Cody was going to lose. Because he was calling himself the American Dream. He was on Memorial Day. And the thing that I think people didn't realize that I 
clocked was he hasn't won at a he hasn't won at the last two pay per views. He was due for one. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, Cody's absolutely winning this. I was like, just figure out a way for a go go to look good, and a go go did look good. But the problem was the biggest problem with the match was it just became a standard Cody match. Like you had built a go go up as this great striker who can you know knock people out, and we didn't even get no real drama about a knockout. Mm-hmm. Like Cody got punched, he fell, he kicked out. Like that was the first thing is like everyone else getting knocked out and they can't continue. You just get hit in the ribs and you fall, but you have to get pinned. Like all the build for a go go just went out the window. And the crowd was also not into it. Although I do have to say, Anthony Agogo looked great. For someone who hasn't been wrestling that long, he hit one of the nicest frog splashes I've seen in a while. Yo, where they get that light-skinned nigga from, bro? He's from Europe. He's from the UK. Okay. Oh, that's the dude that uh, cut that promo you sent me that was talking about Jacksonville? Yeah, he cut the grime lyrics. Yeah, I don't fuck with him this in Jacksonville. I ain't got no problem with the wrestle for the but. Hey man, it's in Florida. That's all I can say. Um, but nah. So everyone was hype in all these matches, and Cody lost the crowd for him. Like the crowd gave a polite clap, like, yeah, we're happy that happened. It's over. Let's move on. And then you got the greatness that was Miro versus Jake, Lance Archer, because it was just two big dudes who just tried to murder each other. It was a heavyweight fight. It was a true heavyweight fight. And it didn't last no longer than about 10 minutes. But so I said Cody lost the crowd, right? Mm -hmm. In 10 minutes, Miro got them right back, which was amazing. So I was like, okay, we got good. We, We doing good here. Then we went to what's probably match of the night, which was Britt Baker versus Akaru Shida. And they tore it up. Like the crowd popped for Britt Baker just as much as anyone else. And I know, like, I'm going long on this, so I apologize. No. Who are you apologizing to? The audience know what's up. Yeah. They better fucking know that you the AEW guy. I'm listening, bro. Yeah. But they they popped hard for Britt. They were real. They gave a lot of love to Sheeta. After she lost, they said, thank you, Sheeta. But the match was good. And I expected that because... As I think I've said, like, she's their most consistently good performer. Like, if you look through the through the last year of pay-per-view events, everyone that she was on, she had the best match. She had the best match at Double or Nothing last year. She had the best match at All Out. She had the best match at Full Gear. And she had the best match at Revolution. Like, she's a consistent top talent. And you put one of your, your most consistent worker against who I truly believe in this is the biggest star in AEW, which is Britt Baker. No one's done more work on the promos. No one's done more work in, in the ring. No one's done more work interacting with the fans in ways to get herself over than Britt Baker has. Part of her gimmick was to talk about how absurd the ranking system is. It was so, it was amazing. The way she got herself over and into the title picture, particularly right after that great match with Thunder Rosa. 
Mm-hmm. Which so, I still need to watch. It's a good one. Months. But like between that match and this match, she's in strong contention for having uh she might I don't think she's gonna be Bianca for PWI's like one woman's wrestler of the year, but she mm-hmm. might be number two. No, they actually might put her as number one, Britt Baker. I don't know, man. Bianca been too good. Hey, it's PWI. I'll just leave it at that. It is PWI. And when it comes to the men's stuff, they tend to do that. But with the women's stuff, they've been a little more honest because they put Bailey number one last year. That's true. But even though they, you know, we had that discussion before, it could have been, it should have been Oscar, maybe. I got to go, Bailey. She had, she, this was her career year. You know, I don't think she'll ever have a round like that again, which is fine. Like, you know, it's in every sport, a player just has that run where it's like, damn, they they ran it up. It's like LeBron in 2012. Like, nigga, you won everything except for defensive player of the year. Yeah. But this is now they trust her just to talk, Mm -hmm. which is something that's not um, easily won when it comes to Vince. Right. But, um, yeah, no, Britt Baker, they tore it down. They had a great match. Uh, like I said, they thanked Sheeta after she uh, lost because, I mean, hey, man, she's been their most consistent worker. She's been their best worker for the past year. And it sucks that her whole title reign came when there was no fans. Yeah. But so, like, hopefully they, she just doesn't fall to dark. Hopefully they keep her on television. But – at the same time, you got to keep Britt Baker on television now because, like I said, that's your biggest star. Then we get to the funniest match of the night, which was Darby Allen and Sting versus Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, who I'm calling the the kings of Cole's cash. Because every that- time, every time I see them, I'm like, I know I saw that outfit at Cole's. <laughs> like, what's hey. your limit on your card? Y'all limit is high. I know it. Yo, I know am it. I tripping or I seen like they had a bunch of steams come out like the Slim Shady MTV video or uh, performance, I should say. Yeah, they did that on Friday and then they did the whole sting pulling off his own mask. Which every time it's hilarious. It is because you know what's coming. You like, know what's coming. And the way they did it this time was one entered the ring one at a time and Paige and Scorpio Sky would just punch him out. And then all of a sudden, Sting got in. They went to punch him, and he pulled off the mask. It's it's never not funny. Hey, remember when uh, he did that to Rob Van Dam and TNA? Yes. That shit yeah. when he was in the crowd with that bus, that old ass shirt. It looked like <laughs> <laughs> that dingy shirt. Yeah, but it worked in that sense too. Like it's hilarious. Like it worked still years later at that point. Well, now and at that point, just based on, like, bro, he really, he really be, he, he was just in the crowd. He looked like a TNA, you know, fan. Yeah. So take that for what it is, just like the AEW, you know, typecast yeah. of the fan. And just sitting in there with a baseball bat, dingy shirt and shit, put out the mat, like, bro, <laughs> like, like, I got to yeah. have a face paint under the mask. It's hilarious. Like, well, did you just, yeah. or was he double masked up? No, he had he had on the sting mask, and then you pull out and you see the face paint. And it's funny 
because he always has the most serious face on. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's always like this like exaggerated sting mask that's trying to be serious, but look a little look like Anthony Mackie smiling. Yeah. And then you pull it off and you just get this serious stone painted face and everybody's scared. Which I get it. You see a white person with their face painted, I'd be terrified too. Yeah, with a baseball bat. Yeah. But nah, Sting was they kept it short and Sting you see my AVI right now. Sting yeah. did a crossbody off the stage onto the floor on two people. And I was like, yo, this 62-year-old man is like, yo, give me all the tour at all right after this match. Oh, I want man. ice. I want I'm gonna need some Ben Gay, some KO Pectate. Get some vapor rub out there. I can't imagine what the trainers had to do to to sting after that match. Uh, I got to remember he's 61 years old, which is crazy. Yeah. But the thing was, he looked good. He looked good. They took care of him really well. He didn't. That was the only crazy, crazy spot he did. And, you know, Darby did most of the work and they got the victory, which was the feel good moment. And I know I've been saying like a lot of people had great pops. That's the theme. Darby Allen also had an incredible pop. So, you know, I we're going to see what's going to happen with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. I think they're due for a push, but we got to see what's going to happen with the Bucks and this heel tag team thing. But I think I know what's going to happen. So after that, we get what's probably the second best match of the night, which was Kenny Omega, Orange Cassidy, and Pac. Three great wrestlers put on a triple threat match. And yo, sometimes I think the thing I learned that I think AEW learned and this uh, pay-per-view is less is more. Because they only had one stipulation match. They was like, Mm -hmm. you know, let's just have these tag team matches. Let's have these singles matches. Let's build interesting stories around them. And then for this, this one, we'll do a triple threat. And I was like, okay, you don't need the exploding barbed wire. You don't need all these different, you know, the mimosa battle royals and all that all the time. Sometimes it's cool. Sometimes it's fun. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they always necessary. Yeah, they, they're trusting their workers. And God damn it, did they pull it off? Because first thing I got to say is. I know I, I love Pac. I love Orange Cassidy. Kenny Omega carried them that whole match. Like, that was the thing I was most impressed with in that match was you forget how good Kenny Omega can be when he's working with people who, who like, he wants to work with. Because the Moxley stuff, it's only really one style of thing to do with Moxley. You got Pac, you got Orange Cassidy. These dudes can actually work. You know, Mm-hmm. Kenny gets to the to flex and do a little more heel stuff. And it was, it was some good story stuff in there. You know, he was trying to do all his underhanded stuff. You had Orange Cassidy always battling back. You had Pac being the brute that he is. Everybody was playing their character essentially well. The funniest part was when towards the end, Kenny Omega, Pac got Orange Cassidy in the brutalizer. He trying to stump Pac. Pack won't let go 
Mm-hmm. This looking like Orange Cassidy gonna stop. So Kenny Omega just stump out the referee. He's like, all right, if you ain't going, he going. And then he decides to hit pack with all like seven of his belts. So you just see in the ring just an overkill. It's like you ever see those videos on YouTube where on Grand Theft Auto where they shoot someone with every gun they got? <laughs> no, but you gotta send that to me. That sounds <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah, that's essentially what Kenny Omega did. He emptied the clip on everything he had. And Orange Cassidy came back. And I got to admit, the crowd was into it. They popped for Orange Cassidy. They popped for Pac. They popped for Omega. And they had drama. There were some moments where you thought, okay, Pac is going to do it. It was like, oh, are they really going to do the Orange Cassidy? But Kenny Omega pulled it out, as the heel should have in that situation. And, yeah. Another great match. And that was for the AEW title, correct? That's for the AEW title, which at this moment, it looks like at All Out, all roads lead to Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page, which is what should happen. Right, but that's been like two years in the making, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. AEW takes a long time for things to pay off. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's kind of how you're supposed to do it, but not that long. No, but to be fair, they've they've had some ebbs and flows because I think since they've lost the titles, they had one match, I think, at full gear. And since then, like since November, they haven't interacted at all. Mm -hmm. Like you see that there's a clear collision course going, but they haven't interacted at all. Like there was one point where Hangman Page was like the number one contender and they asked him about it and he deflected the question. And then the next week he lost to Brian Cage, which people was like, okay, he got he got beat by Cage. And part of that was he got assaulted before the match. And then the other part was like, is he doubting himself now? Mm-hmm. Did he get a little too close to the sun? But the next pay-per-view is in September. It is, like I said, it's Page versus Omega. More than likely, that's what I think is going to happen. That makes the most sense. That's your biggest pay-per-view event. That's your WrestleMania. Page got probably the biggest pop of the night. Kenny Omega is your biggest male star. You got to make it happen right now. Pull the trigger on this. Finally was the stadium stampede match, which highlights everything great about AEW and everything people hate about AEW. Because MJF pulls up in the limo, and then for whatever reason, the inner circle repel down off the scoreboard to enter, and they just looked—it looked so unprofessional, and it just looked bad. So it wasn't it like just, the one uh, last year. It was cinematic. It was cinematic, but it just looked bad. It was like in the SpongeBob movie when he sing the Goofy Goober song, and he just hanging from the rope at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's so a wild did, reference, but so they that's all the same, I can think about. They didn't have the same budget as uh, yeah, the like home. like my biggest gripe with AEW is not so much the entering stuff, but everything surrounding it. Like you really have to put more money into your production team because there's certain camera angles that are caught that are just not good. You catch people all the time doing stuff that, like when they call Mike Tyson yawning at the match, like. That's stuff you can't 
you can't let people see. You have to learn how to to deflect against that. Some of it you're just gonna catch, and that's that's part of it. But you really gotta do a better job at at your production value because, like, I remember the first double or nothing I watched. That was the biggest thing that annoyed me about it. Was like this camera team is not good. It's like these matches are fine, but they're just moving too much. Or they're going to unnecessary angles at unnecessary times. But no, nah, the stadium stampede, I mean, it has some great moments. There was the moment where Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara were fighting like in a chair battle that felt like West Side Story shit. They had FTR and Tully Blanchard in the bar looking like like it, they were ready for Pride Month. We had a Conan sighting. It's just fine. They had Urban Meyer and Charlie uh, Strong in there. Yeah, they I had, saw that. And Urban yeah, Meyer they had, had Jericho had throwing footballs at MJF, which I don't care who you are, throwing footballs at someone is always funny. It was. And they uh, they took a picture after, and they got Charlie Strong to smile, which I was like, that man never smiled. Yeah. Like someone uh, told him the funniest joke ever. Urban Meyer definitely had no idea what was going on. Nah, but he loved it. He loved it. It reminded him him throwing the it was an old dude throwing the football at a young dude. That reminded him of work. That reminded him of his college coaching time. He like, bro, he thought Trevor Lawrence is about to come through. You want to practice some some drills, OTAs anyway. Yeah. I was like Trevor Lawrence don't need to come through. Nah. Let him chill. He looked like the lead singer of Puddle of Mud anyway. That's um, what was I yeah. going to say? I was but no. Yeah. I think the match eventually led back to the arena. They had MJF and Jericho fighting in the nosebleeds. They had Sammy Guevara finally getting a golf cart and run someone else over. And the funny thing is, so before this match started, I think everyone knew Sean Spears was taking the pin. And he did. Which surprised no one. The real surprise was they let Sammy Guevara get the one, two, three. Because mm-hmm. I was like, huh, I really thought Jericho would get the pin here. But, yeah, so inner circle one, they don't have to break up. And they are now the big face uh, faction in AEW. And this is where I think it's going to get interesting. Because I think now it's time to push Santana and Ortiz against the Bucks. Whether they win or not, who knows? But I think it's time for that push. The next thing is they're clearly taking, like, they've clearly taken shine to Sammy Guevara because his pop was big too. So you're probably going to put him in line to go for the TNT title eventually. I don't know if by the next pay-per-view event, but eventually. Mm -hmm. Jericho ain't going to do too much. He's going to do, like, some special match. But... The thing is, you could set up the elite versus the inner circle, and it could be three on five, and they go try and recruit Adam Page, and Adam Page ain't down with it, and that's where the beef between Kenny Omega and Page can start, and that could be a storyline going into All Out, which is, I don't know if they do it that way, but that's how I would do it. So all in all, yeah, all Double or Nothing was a great show. You got the pops from all of these people. You got pops, like I said, for Hangman Page. You got pops for Eddie Kingston. You got a pop for Jungle Boy. 
You got a pop for Britt Baker. You got one for Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. So you got your star set up. These are the people that they've been betting on for the longest time. And this is going to be the thing that's the clincher. Not a lot of botches that that night. Because you usually know AEW for a while has been good for a botch, almost a match. Like a painfully bad one. Yeah. But their uh their younger talent is starting to come along and there's really they're starting to look smooth. They're starting to gel together in the ring. So working on dark and working in these empty arenas, I think helped boost their confidence. And they rose and met the occasion that the fans were wanting. Because like I said, that Cody match that killed the audience. So the audience wouldn't know when they saw something that they didn't like. But they was liking everything except the Cody match. So that's why I say I don't think all of those release people from WWE are just going to find homes in AEW because AEW is looking at this like we already got stars. We just got to focus on them. Right, right, right. So that that's what I actually wanted to say. It was just like, uh, and it goes with the releases and what we're talking about. So with the AEW, it's like, you know, immediately now when something happens, everybody's just like, oh, go to AEW. Like, off the back, it's like, dog. That's a question I want to ask you. Do you think the market is saturated? Because it's so many workers. And then people like go to AEW. They got three shows, but one is for development, being AEW Dark. Or not even development. It's more so straight indie talent. So like you said, a lot of those botches happen because a lot of those workers are like fresh from the training school sometimes, straight from wrestling school, yeah. and they go there just because it connect. And not saying that's a bad thing, but that's how it is sometimes. Yeah. A lot of them are just like they greens, which isn't bad, but it's just like you know they get put straight on the YouTube or they might actually be on TV, and it's like, damn, bro, like you kind of putting them on there, like you know, yeah. Uh, the 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 queen, uh, the goddess, she's still training, like she still trains with uh, Dustin Rhodes, so it's yeah. a lot of vets on there, but for the most part, everybody is like relatively new. Yeah, to the business overall. No, absolutely. Um, the thing I, I appreciate about Dark is and Dark Elevation is they'll put sometimes an indie person. It's not just like with someone like, you know, you're getting Marco Stunt. They'll put an indie person in there with Thunder Rosa or they'll put an indie person in there with John Moxley. So, yeah, you're not going to get too many moves in, but you're going to learn how to bump. You're going to learn how to work with someone who's considered at the top of the business or at the top of their their division. And that's how yeah, it's you might, to be. Yeah. You only might get five minutes with them, but hey man, just just those five minutes. And if you do good, like what was a good example? There was one uh young lady, Willow Nightingale. Mm-hmm. She had a match with Thunder Rosa. She didn't do too much with Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa got most of the offense. The match didn't last long. But the thing you saw was how fluid she was in bumping and selling for her and knowing when to get her spots in. Like the match moved so seamlessly that you know Thunder Rosa is good. But just seeing her being able to keep up, that really helped. And I was just watching uh, Ring of Honors because they have Women Wednesdays, Women of Honor Wednesdays. And Maria Kanellis is running that. 
And they just had a match with Willow Nightingale to see who's going to get into their tournament to win the new women's title. And she won her match, and now she's in that tournament. And I guarantee you, she doesn't get that without going to AEW Dark Elevation and having looking good against Thunder Rosa. Right. Like whether she wins the title or not, she has more opportunities to shine now because, yeah, Ring of Honor is probably the fourth biggest promotion in America. Like, uh, there's WWE, there's AEW, there's Impact, and then there's Ring of Honor. No, we got to go MLW for four. Oh, yeah. MLW. No, MLW might actually be three. If we're going to keep it a bean. Like, they don't, MLW. Their numbers aren't <laughs> as big as Impact's. Yeah, but they got the device deal, and they're coming up. And I think yeah. also with them, yeah, because, I mean, with Impact, they still have their sponsors and stuff like that. And, you know, I don't know, but I feel like with MLW, they got kind of known underground legends, so to speak. Like, and they are talking to more people than the impact workers, if that makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? Shouts out to Myron Reed. He just did an interview with uh public enemies. Yeah, no, no. I I do think that um going forward mlw will be bigger just because of their AEW. i mean wwe partnership but at this moment i would have to say impact just because you know their affiliation with AEW is a little more pronounced than what you call it is with with wwe at the moment but the thing i was saying is like the cool thing is you'll see the indie talent like i said Everyone's watching. It's clear everyone's watching Dark Elevation because you'll see someone show up there for the first time, and then you'll hear the next day they got signed to NXT or they got signed to Impact or they're over wrestling on Impact. They're doing a TV spot to job out to someone like, you know, to Rich Swan or Deanna Parasso over in Impact or they're over there, you know, doing their thing in Ring of Honor or, you know, they might get an AEW dynamite spot where they get to job out to probably Miro or someone like that. And yeah, they're not going to like win the title based off of one thing, but they just get more, more exposure, excuse me. And they get the opportunity to prove themselves more, which is really all we want. So saturation is a tricky thing because you do have wrestling on television every day now. But I don't think that's a bad thing because, I mean, the thing I think we always talk about is not everybody is meant for WWE. And if only if and the thing that's going to start becoming clear is not everybody is meant for AEW either. So. So at that point, you need other things because, okay, yeah, we got to stop looking at it as the same sport and different sports. Like if the if the WWE is the NBA you know, AEW might be the MLB, New Japan might be the NFL, you know, CMLL or AAA Lucha Libre might be, you know, tennis or something. It's just different sports in different places, and we just got to find where people shine. And it's just more opportunities for people to make money doing what they love to do. So oversaturation is one way to look at it, but I just, I would like it if people looked at it as just like, Hey, 
if you've been someone who doesn't like AEW, there's other things out there. If you don't like what WWE is doing, there's other things out there. Absolutely. It's just options. But, you know, where these other talents that just got released uh, go, it's all up to them. It's just, you know, if the AEW stands, just be like, oh, come over here. It's like, yo, you got a lot of people that need to work more so than the people that just got released. But and then, you know, when when you just left a job, you ain't unless you broke, broke, you ain't gonna look for a job ASAP. I'm pretty sure they like, man, let me chill out for a bit. And I got options on the table. Trust me. They're getting a lot of emails, and a lot of phone calls right now. I can guarantee you. And if they got a 90 day clause for themselves, then trust me, it's a lot of people going to be hitting them up every day. Like, yo, you want to come through? Yeah. They like, trust, especially Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy. Listen, yeah. they yeah. are getting calls. Yes. Like, that's the other thing. Don't think Braun got let go because he can't work. Because there are other tall people out there whose work rate aren't as good either. There are people whose work who are just as big as him in WWE who don't work as good as him. The thing they let him go is because I think they're really trying to sell. Because the only time you move someone, they move people with pretty big contracts. Like Braun just re-upped. Lana just re-upped. I think they re-upped on Aleister Black as well. So these were big money contracts that they decided to get off the books. And the only real reason you do that is to be more profitable. Because Aleister Black was saying, like, you know, I was blindsided by this. Like, he didn't expect this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he can't. That's what I'm saying. Like, man, Vince so goddamn petty, bro, because he's like. We like everybody's like, what happened to Alistair Black? Then he comes back and it seems like he's about to get a run an angle with Big E. And it was like, nah, nigga, you straight. Go home. Like, what? Yeah. yeah. Like Ruby Riot just had and them just had a tag team match. And then all of a sudden they like, yo, nah, you good. They put Braun in a triple threat title match where, where people crazy. was actually saying, like, yo, he actually looked good in this match. That's what I'm saying. It's like, bro, like, did they, they didn't have a heads up, obviously, but it's the funny thing, like, bro, when they, you know, you have, you have like intuition, like, you just feel like, all right, bro, I got to figure this out. Or, you know, be like, all right, something might happen. So let me go all out. Let me say, fuck it. Yo, I wonder if they had that, like, you know what? Or particularly Brown, like, you know what? I'm about to have my best match ever. Fuck it. Some, they might just let me go. They might just let me go. No, it, it was just one of those things where it's just like, like, I know everyone's being professional right now. And I think there's so much, you know, it, it makes no sense to burn the bridge right now because they weren't jerks to you. Like when CM Punk left, it made sense to burn that bridge because he was a top star and he felt like he wasn't being treated like it. When Rusev left, he said a few things, but he was right. He was like, yo, we always talk about like popularity and merch moving. And he was like, my shit was moving and they still didn't do nothing with me. So it was like, okay, points were made. But right here where it was like, okay, we're about to re-up on Aleister Black. I don't know what they were going to do with Braun next, but they put him in a WrestleMania match with Shane McMahon. You know the last people who fought Shane McMahon are? You want me to run down the list? 
It was The Miz. It was Roman Reigns. It was AJ Styles. It was The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. So we're saying, like, you know, <laughs> fighting Shane is like you a made man. So all I could think was, hey, man. But they looked at it, and they was like, we need to let some big contracts go. And unfortunately, those were the people that was like, rather you than me. Yeah, because he said budget cuts. Bruh, they made the most money they've ever made in the past year. It ain't about no goddamn budget cuts. Yeah. That's what they told them. But it's always going to be the case of that. They always going to, you know what I mean, the white person always, when they want to let you go, we know from experience, when they want to let you go, they're going to say it's because of money. And because no goddamn money. They made the most money they've ever made in the past year because they haven't had the tour. The money's been coming in. They've been at one location. They about to go back on tour and make some more money because everybody about to be at these shows, especially the SmackDown shows. Cause whenever they come to the West coast, if it's rumored, they're going to be at SummerSlam, buddy, I got to go. I know the, the run is still out there. I will be masked up. I got to go see the tribal chief in person. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And the thing I think that makes it feel like they're selling is like, so it was a few things. It was getting like if you notice the music they've been using for events has been more high profile. Mm-hmm. Like they've been using the weekend. They got Cardi B for SummerSlam. They used to use like just generic rock grunge heavy metal stuff now. Now they're using like top 40 radio hits. Because Vince is like, shit, we might just start need to invest in more niggas. I got niggas on my show getting this money. That invest in some artists, niggas. That and if you're trying to attract a seller who's not into wrestling, they don't know wrestling, but they know the weekend, they know Cardi B, they know Bad Bunny. If those oh, are the type of- I'm sorry to cut you off. Okay, so you just said the name too before I go to Cardi B. So Bad Bunny, first of all, he got hove to say, Oh, that was bigger than the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's wrestling, but yeah. yet Hove said. And he kind of outed himself that he watches wrestling too, without saying that. You know, Jay always want to be cool about every damn thing. That man be yeah. watching Roman Reigns matches. No, absolutely. He, he going. He, he might be ghostwriting for Roman Reigns. That's why he getting these bars off on TV against Jay. But no, nah, he said it's bigger than the Super Bowl. And Bad Bunny said, "Yeah, it was tough doing it, and he was putting it over." But then for them to get, you know, what's funny though. Remember. You think this has been a market employee all along? Because remember earlier this year when Cardi B was talking about wrestling, then she got into it with uh, Lacey Evans. Yeah, when she got into it with her, All Lives Matter, Lacey Evans. Yep. You think this is a market employee the whole time? Or are they just like, you know what? Let's hit her up and see if she'll come through. Uh, I don't know if I told you, but my belief is WWE is essentially a – like. We say they're a sports entertainment company, but I think they've gone the way of Nike, where Nike is like, we are not a shoe company. We are a marketing company. Yeah, because it's good marketing. Yeah, they sell it. Like, the other thing is, like, yo, you don't think Hollywood is paying attention? The Rock, John Cena, and Batista are all movie stars. Sasha Banks got her real name out here. She's going to be in The Mandalorian Season 3. She's probably going to try and take the leap to acting. Like, they had Rousey there. People are paying. They were just. They did a zombie match 
to promote Army of the Dead. When's the last Netflix time you seen... production? Yeah. yeah. When's the last time you seen someone promote a movie like that and through wrestling? Like they understand. They got you just seen WWE get a billion dollars from Fox and then they got a billion dollars from Peacock. Like people understand what it is now. Like you got more wrestling programs on television than you've ever had before. You got the dark side of the ring. You got the A&E biography stuff. Like I said, when Peacock was desperate for content, they went and got WWE. They went and purchased WWE. They scrubbed it of all the racism and problematic stuff, which was sad because like, how do you get rid of racism in wrestling? Somebody said they need to uh, release the WWE Peacock app next. And I said, yep. Yeah. Like yeah. WWE is just, they, we need to release the problematic cut of WWE Attitude Era. Like, please, can we get rid of that app, bro? I want the WWE Network back. Hey, man. But you don't know what you got till it's gone. That part, bro. I was just thinking about, every time I think about the network, I'm like, I think about that. That slogan all the time. Yeah. You just start listening to Chicago. Like, if you leave me now, you take away. That's what's happening. Please don't go. In a minute, you're going to be sounding like Tank. Like, maybe we deserve this. Yeah, because we was paying that 10 bucks and we was only using it for the pay-per-views, like the live pay-per-views. And I'm like, damn. I sure wish I could watch the ECW match right now. And they got some ECW matches on the Peacock, but it ain't the same. No. No. I want to see New Jack show up. Oh, bro. I just thought about that. I don't think we're going to even get that. Nope. We ain't going to see Mikey Whipwreck get destroyed by people. Mikey Whipwreck might be the wrestler that supposed that you would think of as a wrestler, but at the same time would be the person least likely to be a wrestler. If that makes any type of sense. It does, but he, he was fit for ECW. He had to look the big ass pants on the hammer pants and the t-shirts and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, I'm, like I'm, I'm, three ninjas. yeah, he had, <laughs> he had the Amber moon, uh, stole cold stunner, whatever you want to call it before she had it. And then, you know, not not a knock of hers. Somebody else probably had it as well. You know, nothing is original, but still, like, I used to watch a, a, a ton of his matches. I'm an ECW guy, like, through and through, and him and his Sinister Minister, so. Yeah. Shouts out to little Guido in there. Absolutely. Or Tony Mama Luke and all that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Nah, but yeah, man. Because I mean, the only other thing I can see is like what's going on with WWE. Like we, I mean, SmackDown is fine. There's some weird stuff that happens over there too. But for the most part, that show is good. And you just get to Raw, and you're like, "Hey, we've been watching the same show for two months now." And B, did we just the only original thing we did, which was bring Kofi into the championship picture, only to just run that back to Drew McIntyre? Like, why would you tease us with the thing we want and then give us the thing we don't want? Right. Like, 
it don't even make no sense. Like, this is all I could think of was, does Vince want us to hate Drew McIntyre? Because this is how you get us to hate Drew McIntyre. Like, I was out here last year on the Drew McIntyre hive. And now I'm tired of him. All right. Let me let me let me run this play real quick, bro. Go for it. It see, I, I can't be in the brain of this man being Vince. I think either he's because the thing is with him, it's always like the offset. I won. It's one of them things. Or y'all won. It's it's always the case of that. Cause it's like if he goes out here in front of these crowds and they're gonna boo him, because I mean some people were just like, eh, during WrestleMania. But I think when they get to these real crowds outside of Florida, they're going to boo this man because they're tired of seeing it over and over and over. Now, with him, maybe he's trying to make it in a way where, okay, now I could make him heal, and he's still being our faces because people are booing him. Or this might be an experiment to be like, yeah, you know what? This really ain't that chief. Either way, I think he's going to go by the reaction from the crowd, and then that's how he books – well, no, that's before the crowd. So the, the finish is definitely more than likely in favor of Bobby Lashley. But I feel like what's going to happen is they're going to have the match again because God knows we need another match with them. They're going to have the match again. And then after that, when they get in front of the crowds, they're going to warm it up to see how it is, the reaction he gets from the crowds. Then if it's trash, they might pull the plug on it then. But either way, it ain't going to never stop. They did this on purpose. Like, I, I, I guess that's it's a method to this madness being the way I said it and in my predictions. Or he really, really likes Drew. Either way, I really, really, really don't like Drew. And it's not because he's a bad worker. It's just like, bro, again? And it's not even because I want to see Kofi versus Bobby Lashley right now. Yeah, of course I want to see. But it's just like, bro, again? Yeah. It's, uh, it's the Big Sean song. Why would I stop? I am unstoppable. Because that's how it's feeling right now. <laughs> like, hey, bro, there's there's no need for this. What's the action Bronson mean? There's no need for this. Yeah, this was completely unnecessary. <laughs> like, bro, y'all could have just, uh, we don't need yeah. this again. Like, I, you know what? I'll just say this, and this is going to be surprising. I'm so damn tired of this. I'd rather see him go against Bron. Well, before he got fired, Bron Strowman. Huh. Did like, not seriously. That. Was that and the reason that this is annoying me with the last the McIntyre stuff is because this is cheapening Lashley's title run. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, the only person he has faced has been Drew McIntyre this whole time. He's been champion for three months. Three. Roman faced three people in that time. Like, don't tell me you don't know how to provide fresh talent for for wrestlers. The only thing I could think is you just don't care what happens to on Raw because you're so focused on SmackDown. And that's showing because apparently the third hour of Raw was the lowest rated Raw in a really long time. Like apparently, like the third hour did like one point one, or something yeah, like sense. that. 
And it's amazing that a million people are still watching this after they've literally watched the same episode of Raw like almost over and over again. Yo, because I kind of tap, like I said, it's, it's I watch Raw when there's absolutely nothing on and the playoffs are on, so I don't have any real need to watch it. But it, it's kind of like, all right, let me tap in and see what's going on. I mean, I've been tapped in the past couple of weeks because, you know, MVP been bringing out the women's, and then yeah. you know, you know who brings out the other type of women. Yeah, Bobby. they they clearly differ, kick it in different clubs. Oh no, no, definitely. So it's like all right, but when when them women's come out that MVP bring out, that's when I'm really tapping in. Yeah. Now he got to bring the women out again. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. But I, I, I just stopped after a while. It's like, all right, bro. I, I don't yeah. need to see this right now. I don't, it's like, where, where are we going with this? Yeah, like, it, this is what you're doing now. Like, like, yo, we've seen even that, like him coming out with the women. That's been three shows in a row now. Yeah. Like, it's like, and we can't say like, oh yeah, they don't have nothing to do. They leading up to money in the bank. They writing good stuff on SmackDown. You can't t- like, it would be different if two hours of Raw is good and one hour was bad. Mm-hmm. But just three hours every week, just not good. Like, come on, man. Yeah, no, nah, so. It, maybe it's a method to the madness, or he just really, really likes Drew. Either way, it, it ain't this ain't it, Chief. No, you guys, we don't believe you, Drew. You need more people. That's really where it's at right now. Like we barring you up the way Adam Cole barred up carrying across. Oh yeah, we got. Let, let's talk about that, bro. Yeah, just straight up, like. Unbelievably, uh, how do I say this? He looked at that man, did like first off, he came out there in the triple threat match and whoops, whooped, the, whooped his ass, everybody in their ass, like, yo, I'm fucking everybody up. And he's like, all right, bet. And then he get kicked out, like, he come out there, beat everybody up. Regal had the worst night last night. Like, Kayfabe Regal had to go, like, do some cocaine or something. Because he was just out there stressed. Then, Adam Cole, after getting, you know, escorted out with stern words, just come back in the building with with no, like, real reason. I guess I thought you got kicked out. And then he just hit, the, hit us with the Steiner logic, like, it was a triple threat match. And I took out all three of them, so I should be the number one contender. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't, it don't work like that, bro. Like, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I've, I've seen this movie, but it don't work like that. And then Karrion Cross decided to come out and try and like talk him up, and then Adam Cole just hit him with the. Like, yo, he just decided, like, unnecessarily just bullied him. 
the thing is, so as soon as I see that, I say, hey, yo, he, that whole cap about him being, what, 6'1 or whatever, I was like, y'all got